tell your friends the Mark and Max show is back and better than ever. LifeRadio.fm, Mark and Max show, back in the saddle, ready to write notes to the president. How you doing, Mark? <laughs> I'm not writing notes to anybody. <laughs> did you see what did you see what they put up yesterday for the White House? No. Um, all right. Do you remember um, back in the day uh, when before we had 359 channels of television and nothing on, we had the networks on the major channels, you know, those three big ones. And then usually you had PBS and maybe one or two other independent stations that were on the bottom clicker on the TV dial. And on that bottom clicker on the TV where you had to use rabbit ears and you're like page, it was like number 42 or number 55, uh, <laughs> yeah. the TV channel. And those channels were really just poor TV stations. They would run things like the little rascals. Yeah. Um, the our gang comedies of the 19 late twenties and early thirties, uh, the spanky and our gang guys, which were really about 1935, 36. Those are the ones most of us are familiar with spanky alfalfa froggy, all those guys. And that's what we would watch. Well, one thing would happen. They had the He-Man Woman Haters Club, right. you know? Yeah. And they would write their own signs and stuff. And to make them look like kids wrote them, they would misspell certain words. Right. And yeah, yeah. You could tell this is not the handwriting of a child. It's the handwriting of an adult trying to be a child, you know? You just tell the way those are written. They're funny. If you go back and look at it now, you'll see what I'm talking about. So yesterday, Biden sends out a tweet. And in this tweet, it claims to be from a, a child named Charlotte. Uh-huh. And um, it's, <laughs> it, it's, it looks like an adult wrote it with their, like if, you, if you're right-handed, like they wrote it with their left hand. Right. And they misspelled certain words like president. It was it, P-R-E-S-I-T-E-N-T, president uh-huh. Biden. All right. Uh-huh. And that's just one of the many things that they did on this particular uh, tweet that he sent out. And uh, little Charlotte just actually said, Dear President Biden, I just wanted to tell you something not fair to ladies. Men are getting more money than girls. I think mm-hmm. you should fix this since you're the president. <laughs> Even I'm a child. Even I'm a child and I think we should do something. Right. Um, getting ripped pretty hard by people going, okay. You know, yeah, and and yeah. he posted this tweet with this alleged child-written letter. And... All I'm thinking of is when kids misspeak, you know, call spaghetti buschetti, yes. stuff like that. That's what it, that's what they did. It looked like the little rascals right. directors yeah. wrote this thing because written in pencil. Wow. Yeah, and misspelling president about wage stuff, which you got to think a child that's going to be old enough to write a letter to the president uh-huh. and expose such important stuff would actually know how to spell president. Would be old enough to not write like they're doing on this particular thing. Wow. You know. Yeah, so, wow, just throwing it out there. So I, I've noticed. I don't know because well, both of us are news junkies, and yeah. um, I've seen this in the last week or so because this is Women's Month. Yeah, and uh, because they, they're taking political advantage of it. Um, for one thing, I don't remember this. Maybe it's just me, but I don't ever remember hearing about Women's Month. Right. I just don't, I don't mm-hmm. until this year, I don't remember hearing about it. And then all of a sudden they're talking about the wage gap and I there, this is something that is completely and totally fabricated out of thin right. air. It doesn't yeah. exist. Right. It is something that is, it is a complete and total lie. There is no wage gap because it has been illegal to pay men and women different right. rates for the same job since 1965. Right. You can't pay a woman 72% of what a man pays for any job the two are doing that is the same job. The same job is the key. That's the yes, that's the thing. And what they're da- what they're talking about, they don't ever include that. They just say women make 72% less than men. Right. The reason this is that particular thing, that particular statement mm-hmm. is actually true is because of the choices women make in their jobs. Right. They they choose jobs that favor time for family. They choose jobs that give them more time off. They choose jobs that don't that aren't the same as the ones that are paying men more. It's not the same thing. It's not apples and apples. It's apples yeah. and, and tarantulas. It's something mm-hmm. totally different. But right. they want to make it a big issue and get people angry. 
and the only way they can do it is to lie. Right. Anyway, I just thought that was important that during Women's Month, talking about the wage gap, that they would put a letter out yeah. written by a child named Charlotte, mm -hmm. and it's one of the tweeter, one of the people who was commenting on it said, "Yeah, this is totally real. It's totally not fake." You know. <laughs> <laughs> Just throwing it out there that yep. that's the guy who thing is, it's not just bad enough that the president of the United States of America should be in a rest home with a lot of people helping him, mm. but he's got an entire staff that thinks they're, they're helping him. Oh yeah. So that's who's running our, well, they're not running our company. They're, they're the people who are fronting the people running our company or our yeah, country right now. Pretty much it. Yeah. liferadio.fm the mark and mac show and <laughs> i'm reading this first story headline you put in here mm. <laughs> i had to label it duh <laughs> yeah <laughs> nicer offices attract employees uh -huh. because just to throw this up there for anybody who worked in radio when mark and i first got into it back in the 70s <laughs> nicer offices <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking if you were not at the transmitter site with a trash can full, you know, right outside the studio right. window, uh -huh. if somebody, you were in a nice place. Somebody didn't have to tell you, watch where yeah. you step, you know, right. you were in a nice place. Exactly. Don't Man. lean on that. <laughs> <laughs> wow <laughs> holy moly uh survey says companies that have swankier offices are having more success in getting employees back to the office that's according to data at 250 250 manhattan office buildings analyzed by the real estate board of new york yeah it seems obvious offer up a nice place to sit at a desk all day and well people will want to be there and this really what this is about is that people don't want to go back to the office after being allowed to work from home for so long, mm -hmm. you know? So yeah. well, if you give them a nicer place to work, they'll come back. Really? Wow. <laughs> How about they just, they just should, you know, <laughs> man, I, you know, Mark, I, I think that because we're from the world we're from, uh, back before there was corporate radio as there is now. Mm -hmm. The stations you you never knew you. I went and interviewed at a radio station one time for a gig, and these were like it was in a it was in Charlotte, North Carolina. There were big stations there that sounded huge and were very competitive and oh, made yeah. a lot of money. Yeah, and I went to this one interview, and it, I thought the place I thought I was going for the interview was in this high rise, and it was like wow, I've never I've never worked in a radio station that was in a high rise. Okay, mm -hmm. I was excited. Yeah. Yeah. And, the, but I had looked at the address wrong and it wasn't in a high rise. Uh -oh. it was, you know, you, you know how you have some downtown areas that have North and South and it has the same numbers. Yes. Like, uh, yeah. Well, they did that. And this was in a different area than what I thought. It wasn't necessarily in a downtown area in a high rise. It was in a downtown area below the projects. And <laughs> I thought, I don't know if I parked my car on the street here or not. I know, you know, <laughs> so yeah. <laughs> and this was a very successful radio station, yeah. man. I'm just thinking, and I mean, somebody's embezzling money because mm, this is not yeah. where you have this radio station, you know? Yeah. It's funny. My first contact with a, with a working in radio was as an intern, as like a, an intern with the nighttime show, the nighttime jock had a contest uh, involving, uh, involving local high schools and they needed somebody to come in and take the calls from the representatives from the high schools about the totals they had for this little thing they were working on. Right. And, mm -hmm. and that was me. I ended up being that guy. And, um, it was because I was a regular caller and, you know, I was always doing something goofy. So they, they said, Hey, how about calling him and see if he'd be interested in doing this? And I was interested. And that was, and, and this radio station was actually in the penthouse of an office building in downtown Birmingham. And they had a big balcony outside overlooking the city. And it was, it was really, it's like, it was like something out of a movie. It was really mm -hmm. something, but the first actual radio job I applied for was at some place on the side of a highway. <laughs> <laughs> I was afraid was going to fall down. <laughs> <You know? laughs> oh my. And that represents most of them. Yep. Life radio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And you know, the old line, um, happy wife happy life right? yes yes our friend Jeff so when Allen. i yeah 
Really? Yeah. Is that who that came from? That's where he, that came from. Happy life, happy wife. <laughs> you can either be happy or you can be right. I'm a happy, happy man. <laughs> Wait a minute. I figured that's one of those things that came out of the caveman days. When, you know, Og was sitting there with a big rock and his wife is just mm-hmm. going off on him. And he goes out and kills something and brings it back and tells his buddy the next day, hey, man, you know, happy wife, happy okay. life. <laughs> there you go. But anyway, so we give credit to Jeff Allen. So we have a, a wife in China and she ain't happy, man. No, she she's a spurned wife, actually, a spurned Chinese wife. She set fire to hundreds of phones owned by that she and her husband owned after he wow. walked out on their marriage. Why would she burn hers? I get burning his. Well, they owned a successful retail phone business. Ah. And after the hubby walked out, his wife became overcome with despair, gathered up their entire stock of more than 400 phones and set them on fire and then walked out of the house. Hmm. Well, Let's go back to the other thing about your uh, nice office stuff. Was there <laughs> office in their home? <laughs> it probably was. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. You know, Mark? Yes. When it comes time when, to pick a baby name, mm-hmm. I know that some people really stress over this. They buy yeah. books about it. They study it and everything yeah. else. And then, you know, we still come with people making up names out of just how many, how many letters can I put in this name and then figure out a way to pronounce it? I mean, we got Bill, John, Ralph. I mean, I don't understand how you get Buzz or, or Bill. How do you get Bill from William? You know, how do you get Dick from Richard? Yeah. I don't know how any of these things work. So yeah, whenever either. there's a, re, a way to pick a baby, I'm thinking Dave is a good name, mm-hmm. you know, that <laughs> well, of course, go with yeah. different or, or you'd be George Foreman. Name yeah. all your boys, George, all your girls, George, right. none of them will feel special. Well, They're I'm all sure, the same. Thing. I'm sure there are lots of resources. There's got to be. And I haven't looked at it, but I bet if you did a quick search, you'd probably find a bunch of websites dedicated to baby names. Oh, yeah. You know, there's yeah. got to be resources mm-hmm. out there. And you know, like you said, books and such. Yeah. And odd names. I actually know a guy. Uh, I you know a guy. I know a guy. Is he a belt guy? <laughs> no, he's a name guy. Um, ah. the, whose wife worked in the teaching was as a teacher. Uh, and she actually had a student whose name was Cathedral Rotunda. So <laughs> I'm sorry. Just go figure. Right. Wow. Well, if you just found out you're having your firstborn, go to a movie. Stick around through the credits and then look at the thousands of names of the people who worked on that film. Odds are you're going to spot a few you never thought about or or maybe never knew existed. It's a great resource for baby names. You need, you know what? Go watch, um, WC Fields movies and look at the credits. Yeah. He was a big guy about names and words. I mean, uh, in uh, one of his movies, his character's name was Edgar, Edgar Suset. And they would pronounce that he was an alcoholic, obviously. And they'd say, so you're Edgar Saus? Oh, yes. No, Sus accent grave over the E, you know? And, that, and the movie The Bank Dick actually yeah. was written by a man named Mahatma Kane G. Yes. And it was because <laughs> he said, oh, whenever he watched one of these great Britain movies, you know, there was yeah. always a guy in there. And somebody would say to the butler, my hat, my cane, Jeeves. Yes. So it's written by Mahatma Kane Jeeves. Mm-hmm. I think that's a great name. Yeah. So when Jim Valvana won the national championship in 1983 with NC State, they actually played the game at the pit in Albuquerque, New Mexico. Okay. And he said, "Look, my wife doesn't know this yet, but we're going to have a son, and he's going to be named Al B. Kirky." <laughs> Life Radio FM. It's the Mark and Mag Show, and you know, Mark, uh, in my other life. Hmm? I, I do a lot of crime reporting and uh, crime writing and things like that. Right, yeah. Not not superhero comic book stuff. I'm talking right, about yeah. you know real disgusting vile stuff. Mm-hmm. Right. Like, you know what's really funny is LaDonna will see a story, okay, and she'll say, "Oh, Dave, have you heard about?" And she'll go on. The, it was, <laughs> it's just horrible what they've done. And I'm like, "Oh yeah, baby, I I know you don't ever listen to anything I do or whatever, but you know those nights when I'm working till midnight, if you'll go go back." Um, <laughs> We had that story last week. I did an entire episode of crime stories about it, you know. Mm-hmm. And, and from, but, our, from from between the two of us, we'll be talking about it. And I said, oh, did you see where this guy, you know, 
ran over four people in a, and just, yeah. oh yeah in fact and next yeah. thing you know i'm getting all the grisly details oh, yeah. that are not in the story the stuff that, yeah and it's like for, and you know what for whatever reason you know you leave certain things out of the story because yes. they're just so atrocious but when mm-hmm. somebody asks me about it it's like i go for that i go for the gold every time it's like you want to ask me that yeah you're going to find out exactly yep. what they really found in that bucket in the backhand corner yeah it wasn't just eyeballs you know right. all right so so you've got a uh, a hand in a florica floor the canal yeah is, fl- Flor- is it like in the movie deliverance when the arm starts coming up out of the water <laughs> oh i don't know florida sheriff's deputies summoned to a canal on a report of a suspected human hand in the water um said deputies responded there because they some fishermen some anglers they use the word anglers, anglers yes oh. <laughs> they can't just oh. say fishermen anglers Man. anglers that that covers everything it was the lee county sheriff's office they they responded when some anglers in uh, Malacha reported spotting what appeared to be a human hand at the bottom of a three-foot deep canal mm. Uh, the sheriff's office said in a facebook post deputies responded and observed the object making attempts to retrieve it from the dock I ain't going in there. You go in mm-hmm. there. Sheriff's Corporal Jay Brett secured the use of a mini barge. In other words, he saw it going by and said, hey, flash his badge. Bring that over here. Mm-hmm. And he was able to return the item or retrieve the item. It turned out that it was the discarded hand of a mannequin. <laughs> a mannequin hand. Yeah. All right. Yeah. And well, the, the sheriff's department post said, we're, uh, we're ready for every matter at hand. Oh. Oh, what did Humpty Dumpty die of? <laughs> Shell, Shell shock. shock. Yes. Bad yoke. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And, you know, Mark, I have mentioned many times of messing up on uh, while we're doing the show by opening up <laughs> Facebook and seeing something, you know, <laughs> these 80 stars, where are they now kind of thing. Right. And they always show a picture of somebody that looks really hot that you barely recognize. But you're going, I remember that. And then it shows next to the side by side picture of the, the blob working at a concession stand somewhere, you know, and you're like, you won't believe number 82, you know, but anyway, you can tell these are written by people that are actually not of that decade. They were yeah. given it as an assignment because here's one about these eighties teen stars and where are they now? Right. Yeah. And it gets to Judd Nelson. Now what they do, they have two paragraphs. One, the first paragraph reviews their biggest hit as a kid, as a teen in the eighties. Mm-hmm. And then the second paragraph is what they're doing now. Right. Or right. what they've done as a career. Right. This one, I'm not kidding. Is Judd Nelson. Okay. Without a doubt, one of the most iconic and memorable movies from the eighties is the breakfast club. Mm-hmm. All right. When you start off with most iconic and memorable movies from the eighties. Yeah. Okay. I'm, I I'm with you. The breakfast club, the John Hughes directed flick starred various teen actors as high schoolers spending the afternoon in detention. Hmm. <laughs> that's not what it was this iconic and most memorable movie they weren't spending the afternoon in detention they had to come in there on a saturday morning (laughs) it was an all-day thing a full day of detention on a saturday not after school School and not the afternoon yes they were there the entire day yep and that's how they could do the day they did and yet here is somebody had this assignment. They, they wrote that stupid line, which means it's not iconic because you never saw it. It's not the most memorable. You never saw it. But you wrote this garbage for people that are going to the only uh-huh. people interested in this are going to be people who are from the 80s era. And no, and I am curious what happened to Judd Nelson, you know? Yeah, yeah. But yeah. no, they had it. The thing is, it wasn't just the person who was assigned to do this. It had to get by four or five other people who are also making stuff up. I'm guessing the person that did that writing is the same person that sent the tweet to President Biden about fair <laughs> wages for every, you know. Thank you, Charlotte. Just just a note to listeners, today would be a good day to stay off of Dave's lawn. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mac show. And hopefully, uh, you know, today it, we're in March and the pollen is uh, huh. is is really getting a lot of folks right now. And, you know, Mark, Mark doesn't 
you guys would be amazed at what the man puts up with in terms of his sinuses. And <laughs> been dealing with him with this for a long time. It took me a few years to actually understand what it meant. Mm. Because kind of like a back injury, if you yeah. don't see a bone poking out or blood, yeah. it's like you're faking it. Yeah. And sinuses are not that di- different because yeah. it affects everybody a little different. Right. And from a, a you know runny nose or you know something that a lot of people have when when the pollen gets bad to an all-out attack on your dome. I mean, making your dome thump. Yeah, it can be like migraines, you know. And migraine sufferers, they they go through the same thing. People don't understand what migraine sufferers go through. Oh, by the way, if you've ever had a migraine, Mm -hmm. you will never call a headache a migraine. Whenever somebody says, oh, I have a migraine, no, you don't. (laughs) You cannot tell me you're having one in process because if you were really having one, you know. And the same thing with the pollen getting you. I know there are days that... I, I don't know how you go to work, you know, but yeah. you muddle through. But good well, gravy, I, is it really that bad again? I, well, right now it's it it has been worse, but it's not fun right now. I mean, there's <laughs> there's everything is this yellowish green color, and if if I go outside for any length of time, right, it, I'm I I'm reaching for sinus pills and sprays and things like that. Yeah. You know, it's just do any of them work? Yeah, actually, you get you do get some relief, but on a yeah. really bad day, it doesn't matter. It's just like oh, wow. it's like migraine sufferers on a really bad migraine. Mm-hmm. It doesn't. They, oh. you'll, and you know, we when we were working with Larry, Larry Adcock was a migraine oh. sufferer, and there were times you could pass by his office and notice, oh, there's somebody in the dark in there, and he would right. be sitting in the corner in the dark sipping a cup of tea because that was the only thing the way the caffeine in the darkness would give him relief from his migraines. Wow. And, uh, and it's, it's kind of the same with, uh, with sinus stuff. You just take a, you just take whatever you can get your hands on for it. And, and sometimes if it's really bad, you just have to excuse yourself and just go sit because yep. you know, your head is so messed up. You can't function. It's just, I'll tell you that it's something that right now, if you have an employee or somebody you work with, that's going through that, you're going to have to give them a pass. Yeah. This is a sick day when you, because believe me, they're not going to go home and do anything. Just send them home if you can. Yeah. The same thing with Larry. I can't tell you the number of times I went by his office and said, would you just go home? <laughs> but those were on his days when he felt good, you know? Yeah. Other days I didn't mind him being there because he was quiet. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. Mark and Mac show cruising a song, singing a song. You know what? what? Your problem with pollen is affecting me. That's what it is. It's sympathetic that, pain. I think it? I want to go home and go to bed. Yeah. I thought it might be Facebook like marketplace. When your again. pregnant wife is having labor pains. <laughs> That's right. No, 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 no. As soon as they got, you know, as soon as they said the breakfast club was about a group of yeah. kids after school detention, you know, now nah, I got on Facebook right after that. <laughs> All right. So Mark, <laughs> it's the, if it's the you, <laughs> uh, yeah. if you had to do pull-ups right now, uh-huh. and it's a very important test, how many pull-ups could you do in one minute? Um, that would be one Dave. <laughs> I'm okay. out of here. <laughs> All right. Well, crank up the jingle because boy, oh boy, we got to get his book of yes, world records here. Yes. What is that? It's a major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known, Dad. It looks like a lamb. An Armenian athlete broke a Guinness World Record when he clung to the skids of a helicopter and performed 32 pull-ups in one minute. Hamazasp Haloyan took on the record, <laughs> I'm guessing, took on the record uh-huh. of most pull-ups from a helicopter in one minute in Yerevan. Look it up. I don't know where it is. Um, he re- This guy trained for the record attempt with fellow Armenian Guinness World Record holder Roman uh, Saradian, mm-hmm. complete and they completed 32 pull-ups in a minute to take the title. The previous record was 25, set by Belgian athlete Stan Brunick in 2022, and um, he bested uh, Sarad's total of well, how about that of 23. So. So he had already had 23 and then he, the other guy beat him with, with more. Okay. Whatever. Yeah. With 25. <laughs> and then he comes back to, to defeat the guy who defeated him with 32. But, but the thing is that he did it while hanging from the skids of a helicopter. Mm. So the skids of a helicopter, they're going to be bigger than the pole in the playground where we use those little metal poles that you held yeah, on to. I would think so. Yes. And, Based on that, I don't think I could do one. You know, no, no, no. 
<laughs> no, no. I mean, maybe just one on the playground, you know, on the chin-up bar at the playground. But, yeah. But this is, wow. I, I just okay. makes me think of my friend uh, Bello Knock, who's, mm-hmm. I've, th- he has video somewhere, you can look it up on YouTube, of him hanging by his heels from a trapeze underneath a helicopter flying around the Statue of Liberty. Mm-hmm. And, I, and I, no, just no. I know, Mark, I know he's not dead right now because, <laughs> you know, and it still freaks me out just yes. you describing it. Yes. I know he survived, uh-huh. but really, I, ah, that, yeah. So that this gives me the willy. This Guinness Records boy, yeah. go do that and then call me, yeah. all right? The Mark and Mac Show. This portion of the show is being brought to you by Honest Ed's Used Cars, where every car we sell is backed by an ironclad guarantee that is so complete and comprehensive that we really don't see any need to put it in writing. And remember Honest Ed's motto, if any used car dealer anywhere in the country says he can sell you the same car cheaper than we will, then he's even a bigger liar than I am. LifeRadio.fm, the Mark and Mag show, having a, a play day, pretty much. You know, I, well, between Mark's sinuses and me just having a really foggy day for some reason. I'm not, I don't it's know why. Pollen. It's pollen. That's I, what it is. It's, pollen doesn't get me like that. I mean, I'd like to blame it on that. I think I'm just having a Dave day, man. This is nuclear alien pollen. That's what, That's what it is. Yes. All right. You know, we hear stories from time to time about uh, somebody who's out boating uh, offshore in, in the ocean and they find a dog yeah. swimming around, you know, and yeah. you kind of think, well, they must have hit a wave and they were in a boat and, you know, something happened for this dog to end up out here because it makes right. no sense. And uh, it, it doesn't. I mean, it's not like it's something we never hear of. It's like we hear of this once or twice a year, it mm-hmm. seems. Yep. But the headline on this one says, California lifeguard rescues dog swimming out to sea. Yeah. In California, firefighters said a lifeguard came to the rescue of a spotted a dog spotted running loose through a beach parking lot before it swam out to sea. The Long Beach Fire Department said Long Beach lifeguards were summoned to the Junipero Beach parking lot Saturday on a report of a small dog running loose and evading capture attempts. Uh, their Facebook post says when the lifeguard units got on the scene, the dog had had run out to the ocean and started swimming out to sea. The post said a lifeguard donned a wetsuit and headed out into the water to rescue uh, with a rescued board and buoy. The lifeguard was able to get the small dog on his rescue board and brought the uh, <clears throat> canine safely, <laughs> safely to shore. The dog was taken by Animal Control Services, which is now attempting to find its owner. Wow. They actually Just used canine's wow. owner in the story. They used the word canine twice wow. in the story. Well, but because, Mark, some people don't understand what a dog is. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> I think it's the other way around. People don't know. What's a canine? Right. Yeah. <laughs> First of all, I think it's spelled with the letter K and the number nine. <laughs> That's what you see on police cars, right? Yeah. <laughs> it's kind of like when somebody in a studio labels the microphone mic, but they don't spell it. Yeah. I'm like, like it's a guy's you, name yeah exactly it's you gotta be kidding mm-hmm. it's mic which is short for microphone thank you very much k-e-y mm-hmm. but the thing is that that this dog was swimming out to sea right this is not a big dog either it's a little bitty dog i saw the pictures little white fluffy dog and i'm i'm like is this dog wow. just brainless or Maybe Mark, maybe he is just, he's been fed up. He's depressed. I mean, we are talking California here, so maybe his, uh, you know, <laughs> it's Burt Reynolds in the end. The dog's making deals with God on the way out. <laughs> Life radio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark, yes. every day is a miracle. It really is. I think about so many times during the course of a day where God truly does something in our lives that is just amazing. And you started off this morning telling me a story before we even started on the air Mm -hmm. about Rick Burgess from the Rick and Bubba show. Yeah. uh, Booked for a corporate speaking gig. And you know, where you, you're the, when you do a corporate gig and it's an open bar and people are eating, it's like the red meat and scotch party, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, and you've booked Rick Burgess. I mean, he can tell, you know, he's got a varied background. He can tell all kinds of stories of, you know, yeah. football, glory, his dad. I mean, mm-hmm. a lot there. But 
um, you know, his life has gone this path where he, he is a believer and he has been living that life for a long time. And Mm -hmm. it's not something he just pulls out for the show or for whatever. Right. And so when, when you do corporate speaking, first of all, you get paid a lot of money. It's really cool. Second, um, you know, they're booking you for a specific reason. Okay. That they think you'll fit this crowd in such a way. Right. And I'm thinking, you know, they book him because he can talk about success. He can talk about hunting, Mm -hmm. whatever. And he now is a, I would have to say he's a full-time evangelist now, pretty much regardless of what the morning show is that he does with Bubba. I mean, they do a radio show every day, but it is at, at a certain point in your career when you're doing what they do, it is your show. And it doesn't matter what the boss wants because you're the boss of Mm -hmm. your show. And they've been like that for well over 20 years now. And so he goes to do this corporate gig and rather than give him the, the three point 40 minute long, you know, corporate rah, rah speech, he, he decides that, you know, he's going to share the gospel. Well, he does everywhere he goes. Doesn't matter what he's doing. He's going to share the gospel. Yeah. Yeah. And I thought they took me back to the, uh, when they used to talk about it, teaching people how to share their, uh, share the gospel mm-hmm. in yeah. on an elevator. You know, yeah, the elevator, the elevator testimony. Yeah, the elevator testimony, yeah. And, and I'm thinking, and now you've got the, you know, beef, scotch, and, you know, sharing. <laughs> <laughs> and I've heard of weird places to do it where mm-hmm. I've heard of people getting saved in all kinds of places. Yeah. But I have to wonder, you know, because, well, it's on the, it'll be on this week's Scott Dawson it's podcast, next right? Week, next week's. Okay, it's next week. What's, week, it, what's the podcast t- called? It's a week from today. It's Dawson Now. And, uh, if you haven't subscribed, I, I tell you, you should subscribe to our podcast and you yeah. sub, sub, should subscribe to Scott's podcast because okay. it's good. But so just giving you a heads up that if he can share the gospel mm-hmm. when he's getting paid to be there, to be funny, witty, and you know, manly or whatever at yeah. a beef and scotch party, yeah. um, you, you and I don't have any excuses. <laughs> you know? That's it's the just, truth, man. That, That's right the there. Especially the, if it's, it's a very funny, I, I will tell you yeah. just a tiny snippet of it to make you want to hear it because it's uh it's not just a corporate event. It's a corporate event where everybody is dressed up as different character. It's a costume party. Right. So he, he walks in and there's all these people dressed as like Scooby-Doo and Shrek and, and he's and just think of the challenge of delivering a gospel message to a crowd of people wearing costumes and drinking. It's, it's a funny, funny story, but that's, and I, I want to make sure it. you yeah. hear it. Cause that's yeah. the challenge in mm-hmm. life is that too yeah. many times we don't know how to share the gospel and it's yeah. because we don't do it. And I will tell you, if you make it a regular part of your life, that does not mean carrying the biggest King James Bible you can find. Oh yeah, and it doesn't mean counting cuss words at the movies. It right. doesn't count. It doesn't mean alienating yourself from family yep. and friends, yep. especially coworkers. Yep. It means that if you live your life as you've been called, as we've been called to live in our own way, everybody's different. Mm. Every opportunity is different. Every audience is different. Every person you meet is different. Yep. That somebody needs the word and they're going to, God is going to place them in our life. And we, if, if it is who we are, Mm. we will be sharing it no matter where we are because we can find a great story in it. And that that's pretty much what the whole thing was about. It's about, it's about being transformed and about what that transformation means and what you were going to do with your life. If that transformation has really happened. And if you are a follower, if you, like Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. And it's not like, if you love me, you will keep my commandments. It was, "Ah, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's a very simple thing. And your life will be transformed and you will share that transformation everywhere in every situation. (laughs) Even if it's got people pushing their drinks back away from the edge of the table. Yeah, I better listen to this, you know? liferadio.fm it's the uh, mark and mac show sometimes it could be the mocking mac show or mark show you know the, <laughs> because yep. mocking is what we do yeah um, right. but only when you know what well, mark one of the things that you and i both grew up with was the whole woodsy the owl you know yeah. who don't pollute yeah. and not because of man-made whatever but mm-hmm. just because it's the right thing to do yeah. i mean yeah. you just don't throw your waste or your trash you know yeah. now it yeah. doesn't mean to become a hoarder uh, because we got a whole, you know, <laughs> I will tell you, oh, I've watched yeah. some border shows, man, where I'm thinking, yeah. you know, why am I mean, for real, you see people living in, mm-hmm. in conditions that should be mm-hmm. condemned. And then you have a whole crew of people, T 
TV cameras, a whole budget thrown into creating this episode for television. Yeah. And the person living in the trash argues, mm-hmm. you know, yeah. I'll do it in my own. You're living in trash, dude. Yeah. Yeah. It's not like you just are. You're, you're, you've got a great collection of dolls. I get that. The thing is, I can't see them because they're covered in trash. Because right. as, yeah. And that, you know, I don't call that hoarding. Hoarding is not living in trash. That's being a trash dumpster. Yeah. Hoarding, I think, you know, and I know it isn't, but I always thought hoarding was just people that like to collect a lot of just, you mm-hmm. know, random stuff. Right. Anyway. No, it's, it's the different. whole, yeah. it is. And I, if you haven't watched the show hoarders, mm-hmm. I encourage you to watch it. Um, there was a guy, not uh-oh. just any guy, but there was a yeah. guy in, uh, who, uh, lived in his car, um, right out in center point. And I used to see this guy from time to time and the car was packed with right. stuff just just all kinds of junk the back seat was full all the way the back windows were you know it was so full right. you couldn't get anything else in it the passenger side of the front seat was full mm-hmm. there was just enough room for him in the car in the mm. in the front seat right and he lived in the car wow drove it around <clears throat> back this is a long time ago mm-hmm. when my son uh worked at a chicken joint in center point and he'd say oh yeah that guy comes in here and grabs a like a three-piece thing every day Wow. And he lived in his car. Wow. And from the look of it, I imagine that the leftovers of the chicken and the boxes and everything were in that car as well. Oh, my. Yeah, that's wow. bad. That's it's really bad. It, what was really funny is when he would park his trash mobile next to old Mother Hubbard's shoe, <laughs> you know? Well, at right. least at least he wasn't opening the doors and shoving it out of the parking lot, right? You know? Well, there's a Massachusetts company. They are working to make oceans and landfills a little bit cleaner by (laughs) oceans. I get landfills. What they're making sweaters out of oyster shells and used plastic bottles. (laughs) Mike LaMagna, he's the founder of long wharf supply company said customers are often surprised to learn each sweater in his company's sea well collection is made from four or five oyster shells and about eight recycled water bottles. He says they're shocked every single time the water. He said the water bottles are a major source of ocean pollution. Oyster shells sent to landfills cause the, uh, the calcium carbonate in the shells to break down slowly and become toxic. The sales of sweaters benefit the, Ma- the, uh, Massachusetts oyster project, which aims to seed recycled oyster shells back into the ocean where they create substrate for baby oysters, animals that naturally filter the ocean water. Quote, every piece can reseed up to 30 oysters, which will naturally filter up to 1,500 gallons of seawater every single day. Wow. So he's not stuffing them in some guy's car next to the old woman who lives in a shoe. (laughs) He's making sweaters out of it. I just got to wonder if this guy actually likes to eat lasagna every day, you oh, know, oh. with a name like La Magna, you know. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It is the Mark and Mac show. And Mark, we have stories that are horrible a lot of the time, but we avoid them yeah. for the most part. Yeah. I mean, it, it, the news of the day can be whatever you want it to be. And right. it. <laughs> However, there are good stories mm-hmm. in there. There are heroic stories and that, you know, do pop up from time to time. Yeah. And this is one of those where the headline says, Hero Dad threw himself in front of something. Mm-hmm. Jake Coombe, he's uh, from Adelaide, Australia, because everything in Australia is trying to kill you. Wow. So he qualifies. Here it comes. <laughs> when you come from the land down under, you better watch everywhere you step. That's all I say. Don't want to, I've, and I can't tell you the number of times I've looked up a Vegemite sandwich, you know? <laughs> Jake Coombe from Adelaide, Australia, noticed this snake moments before it lunged at his toddler little little baby he managed to throw himself in front of alba his daughter and the venomous snake sank its fangs into him instead wow people have now called the dad a hero for his selfless actions the snake is believed to have been the highly venomous eastern brown snake so deadly it could kill small children or pets in mere minutes without proper medical attention eastern browns are responsible for 60 percent of all snake bite fatalities in australia 
Wow. Jake told wow. how he and his family had been on a day out and had only arrived back at their home moments before he felt something was very wrong. He began to search the hallway where his young daughter had been playing and noticed the garage door was still open. He rushed towards Alba and found the youngster face to face with the deadly snake. As it went to strike her, the heroic dad pulled his daughter into his arms and was bitten on the foot in the process. Wow. Luckily, the snake gave Mr. Coombe what's called a dry bite. That means that no venom was released. But he spent wow. the night in the hospital as a precaution. Wow. Yeah. A dry bite. I've never heard of that. Me either. But good for him. It was. Man. You know? That just, you know, when you, when you have children, mm -hmm. whether you have one or ten, you know that fear, you know, of, of something happening to your child. Mm -hmm. And when you're outside walking or doing whatever, you know, you're constantly mindful of what, the, and especially if you got a little toddler, you oh, know, in that yeah. two to three year old range, they're so yeah. busy and fast, mm -hmm. you know, yep. they're fast when they're that age. Yep. That, <laughs> you know, mm. the couple of things are about having toddlers is if you can't see them and it gets quiet, you oh. know, something's wrong. <laughs> oh, buddy. And you're, uh -huh. man. Yeah, I know that. You know what? I know that smell. You know? <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac show. And you know, Mark? Yes. We had today. I. Okay. Andrew and Tiffany um, are married. The day is their wedding anniversary. Oh. And uh, yeah, it's like they've been married eight years today. Wow. Eight years, and the you know, uh, so funny how we have different you know people relate. Like you and Jane, mm -hmm. you guys met each other in your youth group right, at church, yeah. right? Yep. And uh, with my with Tiffany, if you can imagine, Andrew is married to you know Tiffany. They have a son, Liam, but Tiffany was Haley's best buddy, you know, for years and years and years, and. Haley spent weekends over with their, you know, at Tiffany's house mm -hmm. and, you know, Tiffany was at our house and it was just funny when all of a sudden it was when Andrew, uh, Andrew and Tyler had a game plan for going out to LA when Andrew, after he made his first movie, he found out some successful channels to go down and he had the second movie he was working on and, uh, he and Tyler had a plan because Tyler wanted to try to do stand up comedy. And so they were shooting the movie and Andrew was going to go out to LA with Tyler. And while Tyler did stand up, Andrew was going to, you know, work, uh, he had an agent and things like that. They were right, really yeah. moving ahead. Yeah. But in the process of making the film and Tiffany being, or Andrew and Tiffany started dating and all of a sudden, all these plans going. <laughs> yeah. I got you. Yeah. And so Tyler ended up going out to LA by himself. You know, he's like, oh, dude, this was the plan. I'm still going. Yeah. And so anyway, it, it was really weird how all that worked out. But, you know, when you're, you see a child grow up as we did Tiffany, you know, and she was, she's one of your kids, friends that you like, yeah. you know, yeah. you're, kids always have one friend that's going to irritate you, you know, that you don't yeah. really like. Yeah. Yeah. Ah, yeah. Yes. <laughs> oh, but anyway, Tiffany was always the one that was like, you know, because it was just LaDonna went to school with her mom, you know, this, that whole thing. And, uh, anyway, so when they got married, it, it was a pleasant thing, you know, it was neat. And here they are eight years later and they've done well for themselves, you know, I'm very excited. They're, well, they're like, um, yeah, they're the better version of what I wanted to do you know, <laughs> or be when I grew up, you know? <laughs> yeah. So when they got married, did they, uh, do big wedding, small wedding? You know, it was one of those things where, um, I think the most expensive thing was probably the rehearsal dinner. Mm. And, yeah, yeah. But, you know, when I looked at, cause I had to pay for it, right. You know, yeah. being the dad. Yeah. And I'm like, really? Um, <laughs> Well, how did I get stuck with it? I thought that mom, you know, I thought the wife's parents paid for everything. Oh, you could have well, gone to Chick-fil-A, but no. No. It's not where they wanted to do it. Yeah, we so, had yeah. the DIY wedding. You know, we, yeah. everybody in, everybody involved was broke, you know, so, I mean, we're broke, parents broke, right. everybody's broke. You know, it's, it's just like, right. it was the cheap, 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 cheap wedding. And, uh, <laughs> And, uh, it, we wouldn't have had uh, wedding cakes if a, f a guy I work with at the time, <laughs> his mom 
was was a baker, did cakes. Oh. And he said, I wow. tell you what, you just buy the ingredients and my mom will make your wedding cakes for you. Well, it was really cool. Yeah, so the mom was married to the candlestick maker, right? <laughs> so that was going good. <laughs> the guy made shoes around the corner, but and yeah, but so the, the butcher so, chopped up your right. food yeah. that you were going to take home. Yeah. Their gift was five pounds <laughs> of steak, right. and the baker and the candlestick. Yeah, I got uh-huh. you. But, but the thing was, it was cheap, and I honestly couldn't tell you. I couldn't put a dollar figure on it right now because yeah, there there really wasn't that much involved in it. Right. I mean. There really wasn't. But on Mm -hmm. the average, according to a recent study from uh, Zola, the average cost to get married in the United States is going up. Of course, everything's going up. Right. The average cost of a wedding this year in 2023 will be $29,000. Whoa. For a wedding. Really? Yeah. I mean, that's. That's average, which means, of course, there are going to be some that are just just mind-blowingly expensive, and then there's the DIY right. versions on the bottom mm-hmm. of the stack, you know. But wow. almost $30,000 to get married, and it doesn't have to cost that much. It really doesn't. No. That's just because, <clears throat> because wow. the entertainment industry and everybody's infatuation with it has got everybody convinced that if you're going to get married, you have to have this big fairy tale wedding, you know? Yeah, and you have to have the dance number between the bride, the groom, and the uh, uh, the, <laughs> the best man. Yard, yeah, yes. the, yeah all and they're all doing stuff. it. Yeah, mm-hmm. it cracks me up when I see this. I'm thinking, you know, if you did that when you and I were growing up, you were either mm-hmm. in the theater program or you were hiding from yeah. the bullies, you know. <laughs> The way I look at it is you could spend $29,000 on Mm. a wedding or you could agree to take that $29,000 and use it as a down payment on your first home, Yep, which would actually pay you off, pay off in the future. Mm -hmm. It'll return that the return on that investment would be amazing. Otherwise you're just going to be pulling that wedding dress out of the closet every now and then and looking at it and saying, (laughs) I remember this day. liferadio.fm it's the mark and mac show and you know oh i meant to tell you this the other day mark oh. you our buddy mike eccles yeah. and and you, you you know he's our golf he's just a good man mm-hmm. if you look for that good man in the bible that definition mike is that guy yeah and he had posted something on facebook earlier and it was like 3 30 in the morning yes. <laughs> you know 3 30 for a noon tea time you yeah, know? i saw that <laughs> yeah but anyway when uh um, I, I, whenever I think about cars, I think about Mike and mm-hmm. I think about how Braylon, because of the videos he's watching on YouTube, you oh, know, yeah. that all these YouTubers that make stuff for children online. Okay. Yeah. And, uh, they're not making offensive material or anything like that. These are the, the good ones that try to teach a lesson, mm-hmm. but all these, you, they're young, they're all under 30 and they're all driving Lamborghinis and Tesla. Yeah. Like what, how can you afford these cars? Yeah. Yeah, they yeah. sure can't appreciate them, that's for sure. No, no, but Braylon sees them, and he thinks that, you know, why don't we have a Tesla? Why don't we have a Lambo? Right. And I'm like, well, be- because I would, <laughs> didn't get on top of YouTube in 2005 when I should have, you know? <laughs> You'd never be able to get a Lamborghini up your driveway. Right. And that well, angle at the bottom would take out the whole front end of it. <laughs> yeah, that's why I don't own one. Be- that's why. That's why. <laughs> I'm not the parking reason, on the street. <laughs> yeah. But the other reason is this. Mm. Yeah. Rajesh Randev of Vancouver, BC, ended up spending an hour and a half in the wrong car. Even picked up his kids from school after he accessed another person's Tesla Model 3 using his mobile phone. Because the Tesla has an app and, you know, uh-huh. you can unlock it, start it, do all kinds of stuff with it from the app. Well, Randev explained the mistake occurred Tuesday when he was in a hurry and two vehicles of the same make and color were parked side by side. As he was driving along, something peculiar occurred. He noticed a crack in his windshield that wasn't there before. He also noticed his phone charger wasn't where he generally keeps it. He says, mm-hmm. after five, ten minutes, I got a text on my phone that said, Rajesh, are you driving a Tesla? The owner of the Tesla he was driving had realized the error and had texted to see if he was in possession of the vehicle. That guy got his phone number from a document he'd left in his car. Oh, wow. So 
Randev parked the car. So, so this other guy got into his car too. Okay. Wow. So that's another thing. Randev parked his car, parked this car he was driving and discovered it had different wheels. Wow. He then called the person who texted him and they figured out what had happened. He says, apparently I found some glitch still after he realized he was driving a car that was not his which he was able to open and start using his phone. Mm. He got back in and started right up again and went on and picked up his kids from school in this other, in this other person's car, dude. Yeah. Okay. Now that's wrong, (laughs) which had started twice with the wrong digital key. And once he concluded his errands, he returned to the site of his own vehicle. Wow. He said he and the other Tesla owner found the incident funny and they shared a laugh over it. All right. But good. But dude, the minute you know you're in the wrong car okay yeah yeah. that's when i'm thinking you take it back then anything because now you know is wrong right and and that's funny it's funny haha yeah but dude if you're out there rambling i mean yeah mm, now rolling the dice now now. if if he's on the phone with this guy you know because they had a phone call yeah they realize what's going on and he says Mm -hmm. i my kids i've got to grab my kids is it okay to get my kids and then bring it back to you then you're okay but it so doesn't think that's what i happened. hope that happened it doesn't say it in the story but i hope that's what happened all right well let me give you one mark okay um, it back a couple of years ago Ladonna and i um, were buying looking for a vehicle and she we found one she liked and it was the infinity the qx56 mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and it was nearby it was used and uh, we had seen it a couple of times and i actually looked at it we were looking for a we're trying to surprise hannah with a car okay so we were looking for a car for her that right, she yeah. needed and there was a Nissan Juke parked at this used car parking lot. And so I told her, let's go look at that one. So we did. We pulled in to look at the Juke, all right, which mm-hmm. I, I love those cars, by the way. They got a bunch of blind spots, but neat little car. Anyway, and we ended up getting it for her. But at the same time we were there, there's this uh, Infiniti QX56. I didn't even know what it was. It looked like a big, you know, it's a big SUV is what it looks like, you yeah, know, like is. an expedition or something. It's yeah, that it big. Is. It's big. And so... I had to go to Atlanta to work for a couple of days. And during the course of that, um, LaDonna, you know, was just finalizing the deal on the juke. And she goes, Hey, I'm, I took the, uh, the infinity. I took the infinity for a test drive. It really drives nice. And she was going on and on about it. I'm like, okay, so I get the hint. All right. I know what she's <laughs> after here. And so I'm like, well, okay. So, um, do you want me to make this happen? You know, I can make a phone call. And anyway, she goes, yeah, well, here's the cool part. Um, the fellow that owns this car lot is a Mark and Matt guy. He's a, a NFO. He's a friend of the show. He likes okay. our show. All right. And so I call him up and I'm like, Hey, um, you know, Glenn, uh, want to get the juke, you know, we're already done there. Talk to me about this infinity. All right. Anyway, so we buy it. All right. I've seen it once. I don't know much about it. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I buy it. I'm in Atlanta, buy it over the phone. And I just, I call it on and say, well, you and Hannah go together because you have to drive these cars off the lot, you know? Mm. And, uh, anyway, meanwhile, I'm in Atlanta. So, um, I have, uh, and I'm, I'm staying at Tyler's house. And so, uh, anyway, Hannah comes over to get me cause I was there for a couple of days that the reason we were buying cars, we'd had one of ours die. We were down to one car. We mm. needed another yeah. car. And so when Hannah's coming to get me, she's driving the infinity. And again, I'd only seen it one time, Mark. Yeah. Yeah. She comes and pulls up and gets me. I'm like, Hey, this looks a lot nicer than I remember, you know, nice mm-hmm. car. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, they're, they're nicely priced too, even used. <laughs> they're not cheap. <laughs> I liked it though. Yeah. It was just, but anyway, so we have to get gas and, uh, I, <laughs> Hannah and Braylon go in the ga- the store, the convenience store and doing the bathroom break and all that while I go out to put gas in the car. Well, the at, paying at the pump wouldn't work. Okay. So I go inside and I pay in there. I come back out to pump gas. I'm just la, 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 la. You know, again, it, it's only the, it's really the second time I've ever seen this vehicle. I put the gas in there and it, it's like, I, you know how you um, push the nozzle thing and lock it in place and walk away? Yeah. Well, I had done that because, uh, I, and because I knew it would stop, I'd paid whatever money yeah, up front. Yeah, yeah they preset the pump. Yeah. Yeah, so I'm looking around at the car. I'm going, this looks pretty nice. You know, a little different than I remember it. And I'm, <laughs> Looking around, I look at the back. I'm like, well, wait a minute. This looks a lot. This isn't, the interior's not in as good a shape as I thought, you Uh know? It's a little disconcerting. And so I I got on the driver's side, you know, and I put the gas pump up, and now I'm getting ready to get in, and I sit down, and I'm like, well, let me me see what all's going on. LaDonna wouldn't buy trash, right? 
And I look at the steering column, right? Got the keys in my pocket and I pull them out and I'm like, wait, the steering column's been broke. And I'm like, what in the world? I start looking at this and I'm looking down and going, there's no way she would have bought this car. This is Why did she do this? I mean, I was getting upset. And then I saw a gun hidden Uh between the seat and the middle console. I get up and I'm like, hmm, (laughs) this ain't an Infiniti QX56. It's a Lincoln Navigator. This ain't my car. And it's stolen. It's being started with a, a, a screwdriver and the guns. And I mean, so I get out of the car right away. Meanwhile, I've just put. $30 $30 worth of gas uh, that's in good. this car. There you yeah. go. <laughs> and now I get out of the car and I'm like, what is happening? I look around and I see the navigate. It's one stop over. Okay. One yes. place over. <laughs> so I go over there and I'm looking at it and I go back inside to the store. Cause I'm like, okay, I don't know how to do this. You know, would I, I, I can't get the money back. I know I'm out the money because I'm the one that pumped it. I just put gas in this other dude's car. And I thought, do I really want to make an issue out of this? Try to get this guy to, you know, give me the yeah, money for the gas yeah. I just put in his car. Or do I just want to go along? I opted <laughs> since the guy had a, oh, and by the way, I checked the gun. You know, I, I didn't do it with my bare hands. I didn't get my fingerprint, but it was loaded. Had I had one in the chamber mm. and I'm thinking, I'm not going to say anything to this guy, you know? At this point, I'm worried that maybe a thumbprint or something is inside that car, and yeah. I don't want to walk over there now because if he sees me coming out of his car, I might get accused oh, of something. Yeah. Well, yeah. So, yeah. talk about freaking out, Mark. Wow. Well, yeah. So, and yeah, it's not might not be a a, a Tesla, mm-hmm. but you know. And and now you know why every time Dave and I go anywhere, I drive. liferadio.fm Mark and Mac show where every now and again we have a story that kind of runs as a theme through the show yeah I had a dog story earlier mm-hmm. rescues dog yeah. yeah swimming out to sea now we got a dog rescue but not out to sea <laughs> this time <laughs> firefighters in Kentucky were dispatched to help a dog stranded on a cliff ledge and they ended up rescuing an emergency management official whose own rescue attempt had gone awry W.R. Castle Fire Rescue, based in Wittensville, said in a Facebook post that its rope rescue team was assembled and dispatched to an area near uh, U.S. Highway 23 when Johnston County Emergency Management reported a dog stranded on a cliff. The crew arrived on the scene and ended up helping Paintsville firefighters rescue Lawrence County's emergency management director, who had become stranded on the cliff while trying to reach the dog. The rope team then rappelled down the cliff to rescue the dog. But the canine fled and was able to slide Ah. down the cliff on its own. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) The dog didn't appear to be injured and fled the scene. Um, They they said in their Facebook post, the time and resources committed to rescuing the would-be rescuer delayed help for the dog. This is why it's so important to wait on rescuers who are properly trained and equipped. Wow. (laughs) Smacking their own guy. Yeah, they did. (laughs) Wow. (laughs) Dude, this is why was, this is why I won't go up a tree for a cat. You yeah, got this up, is what, you're you right. got up there. You get down. <laughs> I just remember last time we had a cat in a tree. Me standing in there looking at you know throwing balls up and yes. you know and Andrew grabs a rock you know and I'm like, no <laughs> not a rock. <laughs> LifeRadio.fm. It's the Mark and Mac Show. I'm. Just trying to decide if I can take a sick day because of Mark's <laughs> pollen issues, you know? Go ahead. I'm just curious. Just go ahead. Knock yourself out. I think it'll play. I, I'm just saying. I, I'd like to. Today is not my day. I'm having a mental block day. It Maybe it's the combo effect. It's it's We've got incredible pollen, and it's cold. It's below freezing, you know? It's, yeah. it's 30 right now. Wow. It's 30 and we have pollen everywhere. What's wrong with this picture? <laughs> yeah, a lot. Dogs and All cats right. living, together, living together. Mass hysteria. Mass hysteria. Yeah, something's wrong. Wow. And a Texas DJ 71 year radio career. Yep. And, holy free holy. Uh huh. And what is it, winner? It, a Guinness World Record. What is that? It's 
major award. Shucks, I wouldn't have known that. It looks like a lamb. A Texas woman whose career in radio spans more than 71 years was awarded a Guinness World Record for her tenure in broadcasting. Guinness World Record said Mary McCoy. Doesn't that sound like a country DJ's name? Mary McCoy <laughs> was awarded for the record for the longest career as a radio presenter DJ when her time in the industry was verified at 71 years, 357 days on February 15th. So it's actually, it's, it's by now it's 72 years. McCoy, who got her start working five days a week as a radio host at the age of 12, beat the previous record by more than three years. She says, growing up, my dream was to get into the entertainment business. I started out singing at talent shows, and I was asked to audition for a radio show. They liked what they heard, and I started working at KMCO Radio on April 20th, 1951, doing a 15-minute singing program. Wow. The now 85-year-old still hosts the two-hour country classics show six days a week on KVST K-Star Country in Huntsville. McCoy also had a music career in addition to her DJ duties and once shared the stage with Elvis Presley when the singer and his band joined her for a few songs in 1955. Wow. Just wow. Yeah. Good for her. Yeah. You know, starting at the, I started at 14, but I Mm -hmm. didn't have a 15 minute singing show. I had a 59 second sports show. (laughs) Uh. (laughs) 72 years Mm -hmm. in the business. Wow. And she's finally making enough to afford that apartment she's always wanted. (laughs) Begin your day with a smile. The Mark and Mac Show, weekday mornings, only on LifeRadio.fm.